Welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song?
difficult to do after a song like that. Kind of just chill for a second. Let me welcome you. Good to have you all here today. A uh, special welcome to our guests. We're glad you're with us in worship. Uh, we do want to get to know you somehow, some way. whether you stop at Next Steps, whether you put something on the Facebook comment section, whether you text 1C guest to 94,000, whether you grab us in the family gathering area and just, you know, let yourself be known. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to invite you to come back again as we worship a God who is so great, so glorious every single week. So, love for you to be a part of it. All right. Uh, let's see, what do I want to start with? Okay, the things that we kind of keep doing in a worship service, we, some of the chairbacks in front of you have a card that's about yay big. And on there, it will tell you things like how to submit a prayer. If you would like a prayer in this service, It'll tell you how to do it. And if you're online, feel free to just put it in the comment section, and we'll include the prayers in our service. If uh, you would like to take communion, we'd love to have you take communion. That card will tell you what we believe as a church and how you can take communion. And we'll be having communion in just a little bit, so we'd love for you to be a part of that as well. Um, let me think what else we have. A couple quick announcements. We are having um, a women's conference event on October 14th and 15th. It is entitled Known. Known. And it's a virtual event, which means it is somewhere else, and I think it's in Wisconsin, and they're going to be broadcasting it here. And we just so happen to have a screen that will make it really, really nice. So if you'd like to be a part of it, again, we have some of these cards that are out in the family gathering area, um, it'll tell you who's going to be speaking. Um, it'll be great. It's a Friday night and a Saturday. And there is a discount. I, I think it's a $20 discount um, because it's a virtual event. So, love for you to be a part of that. Also, next Sunday, we're going to have what's called a new disciple launch. So, if you're sitting here today and you're like, I'd like to know more about the church. And whether you've been here for a while or you are brand new, uh, this event will happen right after the 12 o'clock service, I mean 11 o'clock service. Uh, we'll have one, one at 12 too, right? Uh, but uh, we'll meet and we're going to talk about um, what we believe as a church, what you could expect of us as your church, 
And then also, what do we desire for you in your walk with Jesus while you're here with us at 1C? So that'll be next week. Call the church office, let us know you're coming, and we'll make sure we have everything ready for you. Um, I think that's it. The last thing is, well, in a moment, we'll pass the joy baskets. And here's what I say. This is, this is what I truly believe with all my heart. Every person who's here or online, you have been blessed by God. And your blessings, they're all different, but they all come from the same source. God, the giver of every good and perfect gift. And what he loves more than anything, and I really mean this, is when you and me say thank you. Thank you for these blessings. And I've said it before, we can do it like we just did. We sang and we, it's kind of our way of saying thank you. We could pray to him, we do that. You could serve, use your gifts and abilities and talents and serve and help other people. And then also the giving of offerings and tithes. And, and I always tell people, that's between you and your God. You talk to him about what you should do with those gifts he's given you. But again, to say thank you is very appropriate. So I want to take time now and pray. Thank him for who he is and how he loves and his calling in our life. Lord Jesus, we gather together today and we are humbled by your gracious blessings. Uh, your blessings are one on top of another, more than we can ever count. And we pray now that your Holy Spirit would stir within us a greater desire than ever to say thank you for what you've done. And may you lead us and guide us, and may we listen carefully and follow your lead. So thanks again, Lord, and we pray all of this in your name. Amen.
Boys and girls, come on up front. It is time for the kids' message. So make your way on up front here. Find a seat up here nice and close on the floor. Yeah. I have a story I want to tell you this morning. All right, so come on up. Well, if you were here about a month ago, you may have met my dog, Gus. Do you remember seeing my dog, Gus, up here with me? Yeah, some of you did. Yeah, I brought him up here and he walked around with me. Well, I didn't get a chance to tell you the story of when we got Gus. So I wanted to share that story with you this morning. Well, when we as a family decided we wanted a puppy, we looked around and we found a place and we drove over two hours one way to go find a puppy. We got there, we looked at the puppies, and then we chose the one that we wanted that we just couldn't live without. And we picked him up, we loved on him, we paid a few hundred dollars for him so that we could take him home. We named him Gus, and we, we put him in the truck with us, and on the way home we stopped and we got puppy food, we got a collar, a leash, uh, a comfy dog bed, and some toys. So when we got home, he would know he was loved and cared for and part of the family. And so I have a picture to show you that day when we, we brought him home. This is a picture of us taking Gus home. So in case you don't know, that's my son Grayson on the right, his girlfriend Macy in the middle, daughter Romy on the left, and that's Gus right up front there in the middle. And so that was the day we brought Gus home. And then here's another picture of Gus once we got home. Isn't he cute? No wonder we couldn't go home without him, right? Yeah. Well, why did I tell you this story? Because you know what? God does the same thing for us. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. And this is what it says. It says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. So God is telling us that he has chosen us. He has called us by name. We are his. Now, Jesus didn't drive a couple hours to find us, did he? But he did something even greater. Jesus left heaven to come into this world to find us, to choose us, to call us by name. And he didn't pay a couple hundred dollars for us, did he? He paid an even greater price. He gave up his life for us so that we could live with him forever. And he ascended into heaven, and he is preparing a home for us, not with a dog bed for us to sleep in, because I don't sleep in a dog bed. Do any of you sleep in a dog bed? No? Okay. You sleep in a dog bed? Well, you know what? Jesus is preparing a place even greater than your dog bed or even greater than anything that we could find here on this earth. Because he loves you, he has chosen you and called you to be a part of his family. So just like we chose Gus, we paid the price for him, we took him home, called him by name, and made him part of our family. God has chosen each and every one of you, paid the price for you, and made you part of his family. So remember that. You are loved, you are chosen by God and part of his family. Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands and you can repeat after me. Father God. Thank you for choosing us. And Jesus, thank you for paying the price and bringing us home. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up.
Don't forget you are loved and chosen by God. surrounding me let it break at your name still call the sea to still the rage in me to still every way at your name Jesus Jesus you make the darkness tremble Jesus Jesus There is no name under heaven and earth by which we can be saved. And that's who we turn to. And in fact, that's what this gift is all about is it's all about Jesus. Jesus for you, Jesus for me. And in preparation for this beautiful gift, uh, we've been doing this for a couple months now. Uh, I, I call it a profession. It's what do we believe about our sin, about our Savior, about this meal, and about our desire to live a life that's pleasing to him. So I'd like to have those words up on the screen, and let's profess together. I recognize and confess 
that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in this sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in his body of the church by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And let me just remind you one more time. Because of Jesus, and only because of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. God has taken care of all of them. He's even taken care of the, of the guilt that often follows. You are brand new creatures, forgiven, loved, and valued. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue now with this celebration, uh, as we uh, have a song that's going to be played, if you have those individual communion sets, feel free to receive those elements, believing Jesus is present and your sins are forgiven. And if you're going to come forward for continuous communion, believe that also, that he is present. And if you desire either gluten-free or grape juice, please let the server know. May this time be a very sacred moment where we realize that these are the gifts of God for all of God's people. Amen. Right here. 
think about that song um, in light of what just moment that just happened in this moment Jesus is right here right now with you with me and he made a promise he'll never leave you never forsake you he will walk with you throughout life's journey so may this true body and blood of Jesus strengthen you and empower you for life for mission for ministry all for the glory of God go in his name and in his love amen let us pray Almighty God, we bring our prayers to you, spoken in our, in our hearts from our 1C family. Prayer for good test results for my brother tomorrow. Continued prayers of strength for Coco through her battle with cancer. Give her the strength and comfort she needs, for you are her healer. Please pray for my son and friends for good health and well-being also for the people in England with their loss. For my kids to resolve their differences with each other and become a loving family again. Prayers for my son Brandon. May he make his way back to me. Thank you God for Dennis and please bless him on his 51st birthday. My brother Paul's family, that you break through pride, judgment, and individual repentance for each individual, that the Spirit would bring love, humility, forgiveness, reconciliation, and restoration to a family divided. For my brother John, for your grace, providence, and that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit guide in his heart and his life. Gracious God, we thank you for hearing our prayers, not just this morning, but every second of every minute of every hour of every day. As our country reflects and remembers this day, we also reflect and remember your never-ending grace, mercy, and love through your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So we finished Summer Psalms last week, and this is the week that we begin uh, following The Chosen. How many of you have seen any of the episodes of The Chosen? If you haven't yet, take a look around you, okay? ask people about it. If you would like more information, come talk to me after church. I'll, I'll show you the app, because you can have an app. You can watch it on your phone. Really kind of cool things. But before we do that, I want to just walk you through what I think is very important information as we go into this thing, this, this video thing called The Chosen. Um, maybe you can't see what this is from, your, from where you're sitting, but this is the Bible. Here at 1C, we believe it is the inspired, inerrant Word of God. Now, what does I mean by that? Inspired means God breathed. In other words, in some miraculous way that we can't even fathom, he spoke into the minds of these people 
thousands of years ago to write down what God wanted us to have today. That's inspired. Okay? Inerrant. It means there are no errors in here. This is God's perfect word for people like you and me. That's, this is our truth, right? We hold on to this to be our truth as we navigate through life. Now, coming off of the Bible, there are so many different resources out there that will help you understand the scriptures. And one of those things will be the chosen. But I want you to really hold this in right perspective. This is the foundation. This is what we go to. Because in here we find the pure, beautiful gospel, which means... God chose somebody named Jesus to come to this earth to suffer and die and to rise again for the sins of the world. That's what God did, and that's the foundation of this Bible. I always say that who's the main character of all the Bible? It's Jesus. Old Testament points to the Messiah who's going to come. The Gospels point to the Jesus who is. The letters written mostly by Paul talk about the Jesus who was. And then you get to Revelation. It's the Jesus who's coming again. So Jesus is the main character. All right? So we're going to hold on to this. This is our truth. The chosen video series depicts many such moments where Jesus chooses the most unlikely. And he changes their lives for eternity. Just think about what we read in the Bible, and you're going to see some of these played out in video. Um, Jesus chooses the rich and the poor, the old and the young, the rebellious and the religious. And in a way that is so, so strange yet beautiful, he chooses to be in a relationship and to love the unlovely. And that really is the storyline of the entire scriptures. The perfect God loving imperfect people and changing our lives for eternity. Now, um, if you watch the first episode, they have actually something on the screen that I'd like to have put up there. If you would put it up there for me. Uh, this is just a, a kind of an explanation and perspective of what you'll experience with The Chosen. The Chosen is based on the true stories of the Gospels of Jesus Christ. Some locations and timelines have been combined or condensed. Backstories and some characters or dialogue have been added. However, all biblical and historical context and any artistic imagination are designed to support the truth and intention of the scriptures. Viewers are encouraged to read the Gospels. The original names, locations, and phrases have been transliterated into English for anything spoken. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to see some clips today, and you're going to see what I call our very plausible or possible storylines. Because you know, right, the Bible doesn't tell us everything. It doesn't give every story, every second of Jesus' life. And so what I found, at least with The Chosen, these could very, very well have been moments that have happened. Now remember, the Bible is what we have, but this really kind of opens your eyes up to maybe some different aspects that could very well have been. So uh, the very first part is uh, we're going to see Mary Magdalene. 
And uh, just a little clip of her as a little child. the words. Adonai's words. From the prophet. Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah right. Thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Come now. I want to hear you sing. I want to hear your pretty voice. Come. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You are mine. That's right. So, a snapshot of what Mary could have been like when she was younger. But once again, there's a lot of things we don't know about Mary Magdalene. Let me just tell you the things we do know. All right, she is from Magdala. And you're going, duh. Well, back then, right, they'd have a first name, and then they would, their last name would often describe where they were from. So that's why we call her Mary Magdalene, all right? She was possessed by seven demons. We'll find that in, I think it's in Luke 8, maybe Luke 9. She was present at the cross, at the empty tomb, and she was the first to announce the resurrection of our Lord to the disciples really all we know. Now, the chosen depicts her as a child, innocent, yet also fearful. And as she grows up, she is one who is very troubled. She is lost. She is wandering around, falling into the temptations of the world. And throughout the episode, we find Mary going back to that scripture that her father taught her from Isaiah chapter 43. When she was feeling despair or fear or overwhelmed by the world, it seemed like she would go back to that and try to find comfort. She understands the sin of this world. She understands her sin. And yet she was still struggling with the words of Isaiah. She understood that there's much trouble in the world, but she was forgetting that God knew her name, that God redeemed her. And that God loves her. I want to take you uh, to Isaiah chapter 6. Now what we heard her sharing was Isaiah 43. But Isaiah 6. In many ways it mirror, uh, mirrors Mary's story. The children of Israel started out innocent. I mean they were looking to God to be his, their protector. Their provider. Somebody that would give safety and security. 
as they look to their future. But sin starts taking its toll on the people. God sends Isaiah, the prophet who confronts them of their sin, their rebellious sin, a sin that causes them to turn away from the one true God and to turn towards other gods. However, Isaiah also shares with them God's redeeming and beautiful love. I want you to listen to these beautiful words of hope. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs, from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. If you would uh, put up that, uh, the next slide, it says, in the year that King Uzziah died. I want to liken it to, to today. 9-11. When you hear those words, I don't know what comes to your mind. I remember exactly where I was when 9-11 took place. I remember the disbelief. I remember the worry, the fear, the uncertainty, how the world was kind of just starting to churn. I was feeling things. The children of Israel kind of like this. When Uzziah died that year, there was a churning going on because Uzziah served for a long time, and he was a, a pretty good king. He wasn't perfect. He had done so many really good things for God's chosen people during his reign. And there was a feeling of safety and security that God was doing his thing. And again, he wasn't perfect. But when he died, they were feeling maybe at loss. Maybe we can relate. Um, the next set of words, I saw the Lord. Um, here's Isaiah, the prophet. Now what is a prophet? A prophet is somebody chosen by God to be the mouthpiece of God to God's people. And so we have now Isaiah. He is now going to go out and he's going to talk to these people about their rebellion, about their sin, about their strain and kind of following other gods. He's going to nail it and he even admits his own sin. But then he offers hope. I don't know how you felt, you know, hearing Isaiah chapter 6. Read it again. What a glorious picture. It's, it's a foretaste 
of when Christ comes. It's a beautiful picture of God redeeming his people and saving us from sin, my sin, your sin, and the sin of the world. Beautiful, beautiful description. All right, the next scripture I want to share with you is what we, what we hear in The Chosen. We heard it already where the father is sitting there with his daughter, and obviously it looks like she's got it memorized. We're going to hear it a little bit again later in the episode. It's some beautiful words of promise and comfort. So, the words from Isaiah 43. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. One of the things I love about the Hebrew culture, right? There's Hebrew culture and there's the Hebrew religion. The culture, there is something, um, I'll just say heartwarming. Even to this day, the dad will sit down with the kids and tell and retell the story of how God saved his people. The dad would sit down with the kids and tell them about God's activity throughout the time and throughout the years and how God is faithful and always faithful. So when this little girl named Mary sits down with her dad in the midst of her fear, her anxiety, if you go a little further in Isaiah 43, verse 2, Isaiah said, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. I mean, great kind of pack, you know, one-two punch. You know, verse 1, just this redeeming God who knows us by name. But also this redeeming God who knows what we go through. And as we watch Mary's journey, she's trying to remember that when she's having really difficult time. And I don't know if you can relate to this. I'm going to tell you, I can. There are moments, you know, just use some of those descriptors, right? When you pass through the waters. When you go through rivers. Or you walk through fire. Now, maybe there's different words you would use. You might say, when I have health issues. When relationships are strained, when finances just aren't adding up, when I have anxiety or fear or worry or depression, I mean, when those things just kind of going on with you, do you get the promise? Do you hear? It says, they shall not consume you. And then you go back to verse 1, and you remember, God is with you. No matter what kind of water, no matter what kind of river, no matter what kind of flames, there is hope. And I I'm purposely put exclamation marks by the word hope. Because I'm human, and I guess you have these moments too. Do you ever kind of hope things turn out? And you, it's more of a question mark than an exclamation mark. And I would venture to believe, if you do this like me, when we put our hope in people, places, or things, 
there are lots of question marks about the kind of hope we're going to have. But when we put God as the focus of our hope, it's an exclamation mark. It's a done deal. It's signed, sealed, and delivered. There's no question about it. God knows you. He loves you. He's with you. He pursues you. He will never give up on you. No matter what kind of water, no matter what kind of river, no matter what kind of fire we go through. All right. Back to the chosen. You can see another clip. Um, again, some of these are very stirring, at least for me, and I think will be for you. I don't know what else I can do to help you. Give me that. Lots of it. That's not going to solve your problems. It's meant to distract from no them. No more preaching. Just give it to me. Lilith, please listen to what I'm saying. Once again, Mary is troubled. And if you go even back a little further in the video, I mean, her, she was so troubled, she was wondering whether life was even worth it. So as she's dealing now with the burden, what does she do? She goes back to the place that she often would get herself into trouble in. And she's now asking for more to drink. And I'm thinking like, who in their right mind would ever go back to things like that? I'd ask you to raise your hand, but I'm not going to put you on the spot. We do, as human beings. Trouble surrounds us. Trouble is inside of us. Remember, we're going to be dealing with this thing called sin until we take our last breath. And so we're always going to be tempted within and around, and we're going to be tempted to do things that won't really help us. There is an answer. Now, I don't know if you could see it, actually see him, but if you look at the left side of the screen, if you look kind of in the middle or right, kind of up to the left of the light, you see a shoulder and an arm. And if you go on the, the app, they have some director's videos where the director is kind of talking about everything that's going on and why they do the things they do. Well, he talks at length about this episode. And he talks about how they purposely put Jesus in the room with Mary, sitting there, listening. Now, you don't know him because of the angle of the camera right yet. But in a moment, you're going to see Jesus move into the picture. But I was thinking of the, the scripture. It's actually from the Psalms. It says this, the Lord is near to the broken hearted. So Mary is feeling the weight of the world, and Jesus is right there. Just beautiful, just powerful. Let's, let's roll the, the video again and see a little bit more of what happens. He said, leave me. That's not going home. Don't touch me. Oh. Lily. 
Lily, Lily, are you okay? I, I have to go. Leave me alone. So going out, she's still holding on to her answer, and you see her going out, and she's still trying to find some kind of peace of whatever's going on in her, in her mind and life. But did you see what happened? This Jesus continued to follow her. This Jesus walks out to her, and then he calls her name. Not Lily, quote, one of the names of her possession, but her name, her given name, and where she's from. This Jesus is saying for Mary to know, I know you, I get you, I love you, I'm here for you. But it, but it goes even more. Let's watch. says the Lord who created you and he who formed you. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. Those words that she has heard since a, a little girl being lived out in the only person that can really give her peace that she's it's been avoiding her for her whole life. Not sure where you're at, but there are times I need that moment to happen in my life. I need those times where Jesus comes up and just grabs me by, by the face. And lets me know with no uncertain terms that he loves me. He knows me. He cares about me. He cares about what happened in the past, but he's taking care of that. He cares about the present and the future. And then in that embrace at the very end, I mean, just so you know, Jesus is breaking all the rules. Because him loving her into eternity was more important than a bunch of rules. You remember a couple 
weeks ago, I talked about the grace of God, and I used three different words. If I can have those up there. Amazing, ridiculous, and outrageous. That's the kind of love that God has for Mary Magdalene. That's the crazy kind of love that God has for for Coco, for Jim, for Bob, for every single one of you. He knows your name, he knows what you're going through, and he loves you so much. And I want to challenge you to look at Isaiah 43 again on your own and just replace the word Jacob with your own name. Because that's how personal God is with you. That's how much love he has. Amen? All right, let's stand. We're going to profess our faith. We're going to use the words of the Apostles' Creed, a great summary of this God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who loves you and me. So let's share this together out loud. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Receive now the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
I've been keeping Jesus at a distance, so afraid to let him get too close to the two lives I've been living, as if he couldn't see them both. Close enough to feel the warmth of the fire, far enough away for me to hide. But I'm tired of walking the wire between the darkness and the light. No more of Jesus at a distance, no more pushing you away. I don't want to settle for the back row of some Sunday morning faith. So I'm holding nothing back now, because there's nothing you don't see. No more Jesus at a distance can change every part of me, every part of me. offered resurrection but I settled for the grave I had the chance to walk on water but I chose to play it safe I've been hiding from a healer I thought my wounds were out of reach but at the end of all my running they're still running after me so no more Jesus at a distance no more pushing you away I don't want to settle for the back row some Sunday morning faith. So I'm holding nothing back now, cause there's nothing you don't see. No more Jesus at a distance can change every part of me, every part of me. I can barely hold it together. Every part of me, every part of me. When I can't control where tomorrow's going. Every part of me, every part of me. When the ghost of my yesterdays come calling. Every part of me, every part of me. Who I am when there's no one else around. When the sun comes up to the sun goes down. No more Jesus at a distance, no more pushing you away. I don't want to settle for the back row some Sunday morning faith. So I'm holding nothing back now, because there's nothing you don't see. No more Jesus at a distance can change every part of me, every part of me, every part of me.
You were someone else. Do you pick yourself apart when you see yourself? Put your flaws under the microscope. Compare what they have to what you don't. Think they won't love you as you are, but they might if you act like somebody else. But there's someone who sees you.
Sunsets, December can't look like May. Canyons can't look like mountains. They're beautiful in their own way. Rivers can't look like oceans. Rainbows can't look like rain. You don't have to be someone else. You feel. 